Whoever that guy is who edits it can go back in and add this stuff later. Some jackass, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Joan Pettit. And I'm Brock Dittis, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland and Salem, which isn't so bad, in the heart of Cascadia. This is the show where we bring you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. We cover in this show bicycling, trains and transit, adventures and life hacks. And today, Todd Grosbeck. Uh, Todd, how are you? I am well. Excellent. That's the appropriate response when someone asks you that when you're on tape, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, uh, NPR in the attic. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm in my attic. Are you in yours? No, I'm in my uh, basement. I'm oh, okay. ground. Ah, and I'm on the main level of my floor, so I see we have got the full range of experience here. <laughs> Together yeah. we make a house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. Uh, and Todd, well, where are you actually? I'm, I am in uh, Hagerstown, Maryland. In Maryland. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm like uh, northwest of Washington, D.C., about 60, 50, 60 miles northwest of D.C. I don't know if I appreciate it because, Todd, you and I met up with Tim Mooney from Pedal Ship Project when I was uh, in, in D.C. for work not too long ago. I don't know if I appreciated exactly how far of a trip it was. I, I, for some reason, I thought you lived in town, but that was uh, you, you no. were there. Yeah, I, we, we met in Shaw, I believe, right? In I think DC. so, like kind of north D.C. Yeah, 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 northwest, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, so I, you, you were a longer yeah. way from home than I thought you were, and so thank you. That's that's a, a bigger sacrifice than I thought it was for you to go out like after work. Oh no, it's that's totally fine. Um, because my office is my office is in D.C., and so um, I at that time I was a combination of uh, telecommute and uh, and uh, commute into the city. <clears throat> so I mean, it was it was no biggie at all to do that. Well, it was nice to meet you in person. It was good to, to meet up yeah, with you. It was fun. Um, and uh, maybe we should start talking about that. Uh, Joan, I don't know if you uh, know, but uh, if, if you are connected with Todd on Instagram, as many people connected to the Sprocket podcast are, um, if you are, you notice that uh, he puts up a lot of artwork. And uh, that was art that you would do while you were riding on the rails. Is that right? Yeah. So that's the one thing I missed is, is um, for years, I think I started... Uh, riding on the metro, um, well, I mean, in the 80s, you know, years and years ago. So um, off and on, I worked in the city for a long time. And uh, so just as a way to pass time and, and uh, just observe, I love, I love people watching. So I, I would just draw people on the train and uh, I have sketchbooks full of people that I've drawn. And the funny thing is like, you sort of get used to the same people so you know, you'll, I'll draw someone and then I'll start seeing them a couple times a month. Um, so, but, and that's over years, you know, so I, people kind of come and go, but um, I've got sketches going back into the, into the nineties, I think. So I've got a lot. What a great way to use your commute. I'm, you know, some people read or ride their bike or listen to podcasts as we were talking about earlier, but um, it's, it's all too easy to just sort of, you know, 
well, I was going to say these days, maybe not exactly these days, but to sort of mindlessly uh, mess around on my phone sometimes if I'm on the uh, bus or the train. So that is a really, I'm sure, um, do you get a lot of comments from people sitting near you as you're doing that? Because it's always, it can be really interesting to watch somebody drawing next to you. Here's the funny thing, Joan. Everybody, it's changed, okay? So now I'll stand on the platform and I'll look around me and everybody is in the same position. Their, their heads are bent down. Their faces are lit by a tiny screen. So there's a soft kind of bluish light lighting up everybody's face. <laughs> everybody's looking at their phone. So I can sit on the train and nobody, nobody's looking at anything except their phone. Um, it used to be, I'd see, you know, people had their, their uh, like they'll have a paperback book or something or they're talking. So the phone has really changed the way people kind of are on the train. So it's really easy to draw people. <laughs> and um, I, I, I seriously, I could, I could change, I could put on a, you know, I could get naked and dress in a, in a wetsuit and nobody would notice. I mean, cause it just, you know, nobody's paying attention really. I think we need a proof of concept on this. Some, some things you don't want to notice <laughs> when you're out and about in the world. Just that guy with the wetsuit again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's nuts. Right. So, um, yeah, but you know, but years and years ago in New York city, um, I used to go into New York and it was sort of a thing. You, I'd see people in New York attracted more attention, but I think New York is, is, is way different than DC anyway. It's sort of a different kind of thing. Uh, DC is much more, uh, I won't say conservative, it's not conservative, but pe people are, are pretty much, it's a one um, industry town in a way, p government folks, government contractors, that kind of thing. And then New York, I mean, you've got everything on the train, you know, just a whole gambit. And so in that way, actually, New York is really interesting, you know, because there's a lot more to do, to look at. So, uh, yeah, so it's kind of a, it's been, it's been fun doing it. How long is your commute? I was just curious. You said it's about 60 miles. Um, so is that like an hour's ride or, or more or well, less? Yeah, right now, it, right now it's, I, I get out of bed and go to the couch in a way and, and work, work. So it's uh, seconds. But um, usually if it was like if I was, a, you know, if life was normal, uh, I get on a bus, take the bus to the metro and then take the metro to Union Station, and then get on a bicycle and ride across the Capitol grounds and then down a hill to the office. So I always just go right across through the Capitol building every day. So multimodal, uh, yeah. multimodal too. You're yeah, yeah. And if I was really lazy, you know, I, I used to drive to the to the metro, but then the, the bus was just a little bit easier, um, a little bit painful getting up super early. But it's 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 you know, a nice way to go. It's always so, there. yeah. I did that for years. Are you missing? Are you missing your longer commute versus your uh, two minute commute to the couch at all? Or no, no. Not, um, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> for all the artistic uh, grist and everything. I, I miss the engagement with people. Well, yeah. So I think what well, I think what's going to happen is the work. I think DC is going to change a lot. Uh, and I think cube farms are going to, could go away. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think this is going to be, you know, like one day in 2021, <clears throat> uh, it's going to go back to normal. I think 
people are going to be doing different things. Uh, and a lot of us are going to be, those of us that can are going to be working from home unless we have to go into a meeting or uh, going for some other reason. I mean, I'm perfectly happy to work at home, although I do like going in. Um, but I did, I've done it for so many years that if, if uh, I had to work from home, uh, I wouldn't argue. I'd be fine with that. So, Yeah, you like going in a lot more maybe when it's uh, less of a global pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And then the, I mean, the winter sucks, you know. I mean, yeah. that's the thing, other thing, too. Bad weather. So I'm curious about the... Um about combining bicycle and transit what what kind of a bicycle are you taking with you because i know you're a fan of three speeds are you taking a full-size bike or do you have a folding bike or, or what's your situation i have a brompton yeah i take a brompton and that thing was like a game changer i got that thing um the, oh about four years ago i guess i was using i was playing around with a full-size bike but i got the brompton and uh that thing was just amazing yeah you know, throw it in the trunk and uh, get on the, the metro and uh, and then just ride like hell across town. And it's only a three-speed Brompton. It's not a six-speed or anything. Just, just a three-speed. And that, and that really works really well. In fact, I think I prefer a three-speed Brompton over a six-speed. I've ridden the six-speed, but uh, just to, to mess around with uh, two levers to shift is just, I didn't like, I don't like it. You know, it's just not simple. quite as simple. Yeah, yeah. And, and DC is a blast to ride a bicycle. Uh, I mean, it's gotten the first time I commuted, did any kind of commuting at all by bike was uh, around 2000, year 2000. I was working for a dot com at that time. And uh, over the years, uh, DC's gotten a lot more bike friendly. And it's kind of fun to, you know, to race a, a bus to see if you can beat the bus across town or, <laughs> or whatever. It's It's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, Joan, are you familiar with the mechanics of the Brompton? Like, is this something that you've done? Uh, I, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I, it's interesting because, yeah, I was just thinking about that and how um, I've heard folks, though, who, who are taking, who commute here uh, on the max with them. And, um, yeah, because they're, I mean, and I know what they look like. Like, when I see them, I recognize them. But um, but they're, the thing that I've always heard about is they're really easy. It's not just that, because sometimes there are things that can get smaller or fold, but not easily or smoothly. But that's the thing about Bromptons, right, is that it's pretty easy to sort of collapse it down. Yeah, it's like a Swiss Army knife kind of thing. It just it folds up and really nice. It's like a nice, neat uh, package. And it's not dreadfully heavy. Uh, you can get a cover for it. So if you want to go into a building, uh, you can carry it into a building. I've taken it into restaurants, um, grocery stores. Um, I only ever had one person challenge me at an office. and uh, But he gave up. <laughs> I just wasn't going to like leave it outside. I just told him, you know. How did that go down? Well, I told him, I mean, you know, it's. I mean, it's not like it's going to pee on the floor. I'm, I'm, I'm holding it, you know, so. It, it is funny yeah. to me because I, I also I used to work in an office building, might again someday. <clears throat> but I remember there was a big, it was a rainy day when the announcement went out to everybody in the agency, you know, with, with a big mass email. Hey, by the way, you can't take your bike indoors. And we fortunately <laughs> have uh, a, a locking a bike room in the garage uh, where I work, but uh, but it was just funny to me that, yeah, that uh, it would be 
a big problem. And I guess it is a big problem because in that case, that bike probably having been out in the rain did in fact pee on the floor, but, uh, but yours would not. And you know, yours is well healed. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, I mean, you've got people walking in with umbrellas and filthy shoes mm-hmm. and it's not like, you know, they <laughs> magically stay dry. Um, you know, the bike isn't going to be, it's not that bad. Yeah. I won't rant, but I could. Go off, I, go off, Joe. <laughs> no, I need, where's that music? <laughs> the rant music. But um, the way it's so much, it's so easy to make it. It doesn't take that much for, especially big companies, to make it that much easier for folks who want to bike in. And being able to bring your bike inside, and even if you're sticking it in just some back hallway, makes it so much easier than worrying about it being, you know, stolen outside or exposed to the element. Yeah. That was not a very good rant as far as rants go, because <laughs> I'm holding back. But yeah, it's it makes it so, but I could see that having a Brompton, you know, if you're carrying it in like that, um, there's there's maybe less to rant about because it's just that much easier to bring in. Yeah, we're going to roll the drums anyways on that. <laughs> yeah, people generally don't uh, really give you a hard time over it. And I, I got a cover for it. So it just looks like you're carrying a piece of equipment of some kind. And so it's and then it just sits off in a corner someplace in the office and then nobody cares. That was uh, Pathless Pedaled had the, um, they called it the Jedi mind trick, where uh, if you're flying yeah. a plane, for example, you put the little slip cover over it. And uh, it's just, you know, these aren't the bikes you're looking for. It's, it's just yeah. exercise equipment is what they would call it. Because you don't get upcharged for exercise equipment. You could bring, you know, dumbbells and barbells and what have you onto the plane as carry-on uh-huh. luggage would be just fine. But if you tell them it's a bicycle, suddenly it's $150 extra. So... Uh, yeah, if you if you cover it up, put it in a bag. Who's who's to know, right? Other other Brompton owners, yeah, exactly. And even if you don't, they don't care. <laughs> it's true, uh, but, Todd, I, but I think that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> Todd, can I ask you about uh, three speeds? Because you're a member of the society, right? No, I'm not. I did the uh, oh. the October challenge. Uh, Sean put it out there, so I thought I- I'm going to give it a whirl I- and. It was fun. You know, I have the, I have, um, besides the Brompton, I've got two other three speeds. Um, but one I, I ride all the time. It's an old, old Raleigh, really old. And, uh, and it, it was kind of fun just to go out and sort of just use that, that bike for the month. Uh, and I you know, took it to the vet. I had to get some pills from my dog. So I rode it to the vet. I rode it to Lowe's to pick up a furnace filter. Uh, so I just, you know, three speeds are really a lot of fun to ride. They're a whole different thing than, than uh, uh you know any other bike really because <clears throat> they're just so relaxed they're just kind of s- stretch out in front of you and you you just kind of poke along and and uh it's how it's you know buick you know delta 88 you know you just ride around it it's nice and they're cheap i think yeah are they cheap oh that's oh god i bought mine mine was a barn find it was 38 dollars <laughs> and good. but again here in the east there's barns full of just old stuff that people don't want. Mm-hmm. I helped a guy. Um, I moved a Harley engine for a guy. Uh, he it was on the back of his truck. I was helping him move some some stuff. And I so I moved the Harley engine to the back of the barn. And he said, "Wow, that was really great. Here, take this old uh, mountain bike. I don't want anymore." And it was a really nice at the time. It was like a real high end uh, mountain bike. But um, yeah, here in Maryland and Pennsylvania, it's it's nuts the kind of stuff you find in barns that people just they don't want 
you could buy like something uh, incredible bike sometimes for, for, for like 20 bucks. I just had a flashback memory to my mom's bike when I was little. So the bike I started riding when I sort of outgrew my like banana seat bike or whatever, my little kid bike. And it was a three speed and it had like this thumb shifter on the handlebar is. And anyway, does that now I'm like, do you know what kind of bike this was? Now I'm now I'm <laughs> trying to figure out what kind of bike this was. It just had the little thumb. Sh- yeah. And it was three speeds and, I don't know. Yeah. I, I probably thought it was huge. It was, like a, because it was a regular adult size bike. But. Yeah. It was probably like a Sturmy Archer, you know, little metal thumb shift thingamajig. Yeah. Yeah. And they were on everything back in the mm-hmm. day. They mm-hmm. were on like a Western Auto three speed, Sears three. They were on everything. Okay. So that was kind yeah. of the standard, the standard shifter for the three speeds. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a little metal thumb shifter thingamabob on the right hand side. Right. And then terrible brakes. Well, I was going to say, but it probably would have been, I don't remember. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, uh, it would have been a, an upgrade from my, you know, banana seat bike, which I think had a brake. What do you call it when you just like pedal backwards to like a, co- is that like a coaster brake? Coaster. When you pedal- yeah, a coaster brake. When you yeah, coaster pedal brake. backwards to stop. So, you know, having yeah. an actual brake and a couple extra speeds would have been a, a big, a big step up yeah. in my my bicycling yeah. experience. Yeah. But, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really care. You know, you just get a, I had a, a banana seat bike. My mom gave it to me. I think it was like 1965. And it, I got it for my birthday. I thought it was like the best thing in the world. And it beat the crap out of it. And it had, it had a, it was geared way too tall. And, and it had a, 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 a yeah, you pedal backwards. And, which you know, that was a break. I'd ride it, you know, pell-mell down a hill. And the brakes would heat up. And then it didn't want to stop. And. But when you're eight years old, you don't give a shit. And you, it, that's the whole thing. Whatever you you have, you just ride it. And you don't really care, especially when you're a kid. I love that bike. So, and then three speeds back then were just, you know, yeah, they're fun. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was yellow, by the way, my fantasy bike. Do you, do you remember what color yours was? <laughs> I mean, nice. I still remember this bike so well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can still smell it when it was yeah. new. It was gold. <laughs> You know, I still remember that, like, you know, being this this little kid and just smelling that it was like, oh, my God, this thing smells amazing. You know, um, yeah. And and that was kind of like, you know, I think about that's the mid-60s and oh, there goes a spider. Wow. Um, but we'd ride it. And I lived out in the country. We, we would just uh, ride it in fields. And now they call it mountain biking. But, you know, when you're we, we'd ride it everywhere, just down trails and, and beat the crap out of them. It was great. It's really, it's a time-honored tradition. I am curious, just uh, have you been a bicycle person for your entire life, Todd, or did you have a period at which you, um, like you didn't bike and then you got back into it? Yeah, so I I learned how to ride a bike. Um, In fact, I I still remember this. 1963, we lived on a farm. I got a, my mother had an old French bike she bought me, used. And I, so that's when I learned. And uh, it was like magic. You know, it was like, this incredible feeling that all of a sudden I could go anywhere, you know, go just ride for wherever. It's like having a car when you're, when you're a little kid. And then even into high school, um, the first sort of bike tour, you want, if you want to call it a bike tour, it was 19, I think 1973. And back then we called it bike packing. We go bike packing um, again with just whatever equipment you could cobble together. 
um, it was just all oddball gear. And we'd go riding off into across to another state. So we do that. And I did that for a long time. You know, we rode for a long time when I was a teenager. And then I got my license. And then, of course, you know, you're 18 and driving a car. Um, classic. Yeah, classic. And then, and then I got into riding motorcycles and doing that. Um, and then I didn't ride too much until I moved to DC in the very early eighties. I rode a bit. Um, so, but I've always had, I, I mean, it wasn't a thing like I didn't like bicycles. Um, it's just that whatever bike I had when I was a teenager, just through moving or whatever, it went away. And then, uh, when I lived in DC, when I was in my twenties, it was like, you know, dying to get my hands on a bike. Then I had an old, again, it was a castaway balloon tire bike that somebody didn't want. So I had that. Um, so, uh, and then when we moved out West, I, I had a, a bike, but when I really got it back into it as an adult was probably in 2000 when I bought a, a real like mountain bike and, and figured that was, but they were back in 2000, it seems like everybody was buying mountain bikes and, you know, perspective looking back or in hindsight, I, I should have bought probably a different bike, but so I still have the mountain bike, but now it's, it's uh, more of a, almost like a weird hybrid uh, bike. <laughs> I've ridden, you know, like a lot of, I ride a lot of tra- like rail trails on that, on that thing. It's, it's okay. a real horse. It's a, it's a great bike. Yeah. It does. It does seem like there was a time there where like a really heavy mountain bike was just the standard bike that you could get. Like yeah. if you weren't a, really a bike person and you were just sort of looking for a bike, that's what you were going to find. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's why I, I got a Gary Fisher. Um, I bought it and uh, started riding it down the pike to work, you know, and, uh, and there were a bunch of us. It was, we were working at dot-com dot-com was, was a lot of fun. This, um, a bunch of us just started riding our bikes and, and that was like an, an open environment where you could pretty much do whatever you want. If you want to bring your bike in, you brought your bike in and, and nobody cared. And we'd ride on weekends. And, um, and then I'd ride down into DC and it was a lot of fun. So the Gary Fisher was a, kind of a good platform to use them as a mountain bike, but then take that bike and change it into something else. That's what I ended up doing with it. And it kind of tur- turned it into sort of a weird, almost like a touring bike in a way. Cause I, I rode the gap trail on it. it. It's a real, it's kind of a real Cadillac bike. I mean, it's just a beautiful bike to ride. I could ride that thing all day. It's just, it's wonderful. I was listening to uh, Gary Fisher on a uh, podcast this morning. Uh, Doug, who we talked to a couple episodes back uh, in Kazakhstan, had uh, referred me to Gary Fisher because he had the story about uh, running through the airport to meet him and, and worship at his feet. Gary! So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I listened to that show this morning while I was doing my morning workouts, uh, and it was it was cool to hear Gary talk about just from his perspective in the industry, having been in it a long time and, and working on it. His thoughts on pricing structure to me really, really fascinating because he's got a high value on like mm. making a good bike that is relatively inexpensive but also on making a great bike that is super expensive and having like kind of the you know uh, top middle and bottom tier for pricing brackets so that everybody has a shot at a decent bike yeah. uh, it sounds like that yeah. one delivered for you yeah i mean it cost me it was a 400 bike uh 20 years ago and if i was going to ride around the world on a bike i'd take that bike yeah <laughs> because it's it's a tank and <laughs> it's not super heavy or anything. It's just really well made and it just fits. Um, I, like when I, I rode the gap, I'm not a big bike tour person at all, but um, I rode the gap trail 
it, it was a miserable four days. It rained. It was like in high thirties, raining a hundred miles. I had that bike with, with um, zip tied on fenders and a great time. Uh, and the bike just no problems with it whatsoever. I was completely comfortable and there were people, you know, passing me, but they were on like real high end bikes, but, but the, the Gary Fisher was just you know, super comfortable. It was like, it's like going down the road in an old Volkswagen. It was just fantastic. I love it. Uh, well, I, I've got a question for you about a recent experience, but first of all, I haven't opened my own can of something yet. So let me pop this open here real quick. Oh, I'm like a third of the way into mine. So you better catch up with your non-alcoholic, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So this, there, this Brock. is, this is the self-care non-alcoholic IPA with Citra and Idaho seven hops. Uh, it is a non-alcoholic beer. Oh, well, or I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think you can call it beer. If you have the word beer on it, uh, they, they don't care. And, and like, I think liquor laws apply depending on where you are. Um, this one's from Washington. So it, it just says it's an IPA, but it doesn't say it's beer. Um, but I, uh, I too am drinking an IPA that I believe also does not say that it is beer. Okay. But, but it but is it clearly the kind is. with alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And Todd, what do you have? I've had water. Nice. Excellent. That's, that's way better for you than either of our options. I think it's a classic choice. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Can't go that's wrong. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, I bring it up because I figured it was a good time to also say that, uh, we're, we, you know, we are internally, internally and eternally grateful to the beer mongers, uh, Southeast division 12 for, uh, being open for more than 4,000 days. Uh, they are nationally recognized. It's one of the top beer bars in Oregon. And uh, they're just super nice people. So uh, particularly in these days, if you're in Portland uh, or if you're not in Portland and you just want to order a gift card and mail it to somebody, um, at, they're, they're good folks. And uh, we look forward to dropping in on them when uh, all of this craziness is done. So the beer mongers, Southeast Division and 12th. Um, Joan, you, f- you, you've been there. No. You've not? No. I ah. I discussed going there and then I did not. <laughs> my <laughs> so intention my intention is to go. My intention so is to go. <laughs> you need to go just to see. But also I don't know if you're gonna get like the reason that I love the beer mongers is that the reason that existed before COVID existed, uh, in, in uh, I guess in public health. So I think what they're doing now is still great because they've created an outdoor space. I, I remember talking to Sean sometime uh, back about like, Hey, do you have a patio? Um, and he was like, you know, it, they just haven't been cool with it. Like the landlords that own the building and the lot just weren't into it. And I, there could have been permitting issues and that sort of thing, but uh, it just sounded like it was never going to happen. And then when it became essential to business for people to be outdoors, um, that was when suddenly a patio popped up and a tent popped up. And, and uh, now I, I think also besides the um, umbrellas that you can wear on your head and not just the small ones, but the full size umbrella that fits onto your skull um, along with that, they got, you know, an actual tent that you can sit underneath and uh, it's, it's a whole thing now. And, you know, they're famously, they're open on all kinds of holidays. So like, you know, say it's Christmas and you want to go somewhere else. Uh, say it's New Year's and you want to go somewhere else. Say it's any, any day that uh, banks would usually be closed and you want to go somewhere else. That somewhere else could be the beer mongers in Southeast Division and 12th. So uh, we are appreciative of them. I think we are all newly appreciative of uh, tents and other outdoor structures without right. too many signs yeah. and um, being able to go places That's right. that aren't our house. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, Todd, you you are a coffee outside person. Is that right? 
for a little while. Um, I, I, every now and then I'll bring a thermos and I, I have a, a MSR stove, I think a pocket rocker or something. And I, I was doing that. Um, and I ride a lot with my wife. And <laughs> so a lot of times I'll ask her, Hey, do you want me to bring coffee and make coffee? And she's like, nah, <laughs> you know, and I think if I stopped to make coffee, she'd just kind of get annoyed with me and, and <laughs> you know, okay. just get pissed off. So I, I just, just because I don't want to annoy her, I, I won't do it. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's a good, it's, it's a really neat thing though. I mean, go out and make coffee and, and my method is really primitive. I, I'll boil water. I'll throw the grounds in, let the grounds get wet, kind of soak to the bottom and uh, pour it into my cup. And whatever happens with the grounds happens. Happens. <laughs> All right, yeah. That's cowboy coffee. It's co- I make cowboy coffee. Yeah, yeah, that's what. I mean. Yeah, and cowboy coffee is naturally outdoors. A little bit of grit is part of the yeah. experience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of a self-flossing agent, you know that. <laughs> yeah. So I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like I, an exfoliation, an internal exfoliation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't kill you. Um, <laughs> it'll make you stronger. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah to make it what? Yeah, to make you stronger. Um, I, I've tried instant coffee, um, and I tried Starbucks. I thought that was kind of crappy, so I, I, I don't use that at all. Um, just any anything else. Yeah, uh, I think. But uh, and tea, you know, tea sure. outside. Tonight. Tea outside. No one's talking about that. Maybe they should. Yeah. There you go. I had tea outside made on a little stove recently. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as coffee nooring. Tea nooring doesn't sound. <laughs> tea nooring. There's a lot of vowels in there. Well, it sounds like a procedure you'd have after you're 55 years old. <laughs> I'm not there you yet. You have to go get tea nooring. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to hear, learn about those. <laughs> um, I'll make a, I'll make a patch. I'll make a patch. I'll just, you know, it'll be. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Various medical procedures accomplished by bike. Yeah, you'll have to. Yeah, when you get the, you get the patch, you're gonna have to iron it onto your skin. <laughs> I survived yeah. tenoring. Yeah, yeah. I'll hot glue it. I want to get Doug to design for my tattoo artist. I still have no tattoos. Uh, I feel like I don't quite fit in. Although at this point, I don't know how many people because I don't know. If Armando has a tattoo, I don't know if you have a tattoo, uh, Joan. I don't know if uh, Guthrie does. So maybe Aaron is now in the minority of, of being super into tattoos. But what I do know is that Aaron, I think, won a tattoo session through Cranksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. And he ended oh. up uh, taking a print of his chain ring, uh, you know, with like the greasy chain ring and just like put it on right. paper and just went in and said, hey, put this on my leg. And so remember now. there it is. Yeah. Which is great. I, I aspire to that, but I also, I don't even know, like at the, at my age, uh, I don't know if I'm the kind of person who's going to get a tattoo. Uh, you know, it's at it your advanced age of, of 89. How old? <laughs> like That's right. T- now I'm uh, 38 this year. And it's, I, I feel like if I was going to have one, I would have it by now. And I, I'm kind of reticent to get into it at this you point, know, but maybe, maybe it's never too late to try something new. Look, if you just plan for the tattoo to be part of your midlife crisis, as far as sort of acting out okay. goes, that's really a pretty mild version, right? Okay, I have like, that scheduled for tattoo. 41, so I'll keep that in mind. It, I promise 
no matter what you're feeling now, it's around the corner. <laughs> You'll also find, you may also find that right around now, a lot of your friends are starting to engage in health and fitness pursuits. For example, oh, sure. marathons, right? Like in age 39, like everybody's like, did my first marathon. <laughs> or uh, I don't know, like trying to do 15 minutes of exercise a day in the morning at all for anything. For example, for example. Yeah. But I have no tattoos. I cannot, I don't think Armando has tattoos, but I cannot say with any confidence that that he doesn't. So I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Todd, I'm curious, uh, while we're talking about like, you know, the potential for medical procedures and don't worry, I'm I'm just going to ask you about you, you are a person with nine lives and you may have used one, uh, escaping a wreck, escaping, uh, danger and damage in a wreck and you credit your reflective jacket. What happened? Yeah, that was, um, uh, yeah, I was crossing the street and the chain snapped on my bike. Oh, and, uh, um, I was, I was being very bad. I, I thought I'd had time to cross. I did have time to cross, I guess. Otherwise I wouldn't be here, but, um, but anyway, yeah, I had a nice bright jacket and it was dark and, and the uh, pickup truck slowed down and I got across. It just, it just, uh, yeah. just in the middle of the intersection. Did you just fall over or crash or? No, no, no. I was, well, the bike's really old. So I was riding it and the chain, I think there's probably 20 miles on the chain and it just snapped and just busted. And so I really quickly, uh, you know, kind of uh, skateboarded across, you know, foot on the pedal and scooted across real quick. Cruise out of the way. But yeah, I mean, it's not that exciting. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm glad you're okay. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. It, that's the kind yeah. of thing where it's can be yeah. it can really it, linger with you for a while too it can be kind of stressful for me maybe yeah. that's just I, me <laughs> yeah i was i was more annoyed that i had to walk home with all the groceries I was, I was grocery shopping and and it was dark and cold and i had to you know walk the bike up a big hill and <laughs> right you know kind of that was yeah that was the trauma uh, <laughs> was the walk that home. was a real trauma that was a real trauma <laughs> Yeah. walking is yeah. slower it's always slower than riding a bike and it's one of the reasons yeah. i like riding a bike more in some at yeah. some times yeah I, so the uh the broken chain it's it's funny because obviously you know kind of like the midlife crisis the chain never breaks when when you think it should or when it's a good time for it so um yeah i i've i've had oh two of those on commutes i was trying to remember it's been a while i don't commute much anymore and so that's part of the reason i haven't broken a chain commuting recently but um I think it was either, you know, one time it was just an old chain and it fell apart and I might have, I don't know, like fixed a link already, uh, but I was about halfway home. And so I just had to, I guess I got on the bus. I think I, I had access to a bus. So that was good. Uh-huh. But the other thing I do oftentimes is um, I will aggressively shift uh, on my front chain ring. I'm going to throw the chain onto the highest gear, you know, with gusto uh-huh. as though uh, it won't do it unless I really jam at it. And, um, that has a tendency to throw the chain over, you know, and to where the chain jumps off of the chain ring wraps around your, your crank arm and the pedal and everything. Um, and then there's that one pedal stroke that you have to kind of like maybe shift it back on to the chain ring. And so, um, now multiple times, I think on two different bikes, I've done the thing where like, I'm like, now I can do it. I can do it. Um, and so I try to get it back on, but, uh, the physics don't let it happen. And instead of putting the chain back on, you know, I could stop like a reasonable person and use my hand and get it a little greasy and wash it off later. But I'm like, ah, eh, the grease. And so I, I choose force. 
And what happens is uh, usually I rip, I rip my derailleur off and that's what happens. So I've done that twice at least now. Oh, that sucks. You ripped your derailleur off so that you wouldn't get your hand greasy. That's right. I'm a prima donna. <laughs> uh, Todd, do you have any experience with uh, embarrassing mechanicals like that? Oh, I uh, yeah, but not not involving a bicycle. <laughs> I've done some really <laughs> stupid things. Yeah, yeah. I won't ask you to elaborate. Oh, they're really dumb. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Um, I am curious, uh, just at, uh, this is completely unrelated to bicycles, but, um, do you think that Han in fact shot first? Hey, what? Uh, do you think Han shot first in star Wars? Oh, I don't watch star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't I'm matter. Like, I like, I, I can't, I can't stand star Wars. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. sorry. I got you. <laughs> No worries. I, I think I'm dealing with a little bit of network lag here, so I may not have gotten it through. Sorry. Oh, um, but oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, okay. You and I were talking about um, George Lucas and his uh, him tank, tinkering with his creations and uh, kind of in, in the face of uh, things that he said earlier, you know, in the 80s, he was like, you know, people shouldn't go back and fix their stuff. And then he spent the next 30 years going back and fixing his stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I think yeah. you would agree with the idea that Han shot first, even though that is not really your thing. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe one more thing that I'm curious about is uh, you acquired a kerosene bike light. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Tell me. About I it. am so excited to hear about this. Oh, kerosene. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got the. Uh, I have the uh, the Raleigh um, and the Raleigh's the, the, the old Raleigh sports bikes forever and ever have a uh, like a dedicated uh light mount right on the head head tube or whatever steer tube yeah uh, and it's a and, and they're beautiful the logos the the the, uh, the heron logos like built into it is they're really they're really pretty and so um for the longest time i was looking for a bike light and so there was a guy in the uk i have two bike lights for it. there was a guy in the uk that had one a really retro like 19 65 kind of thing uh made out of metal um really pretty i got that he shipped it over here from uh the uk and then for some stupid reason uh i had to have a kerosene bike light and uh so i got that too and uh they they kind of suck i mean you can put them on (laughs) and you know they don't they're 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 pretty dim but you can get a uh bond tracker makes a little one inch cube um, uh, light and they fit perfectly inside the kerosene light. So I made a little uh, cardboard jig to hold the, the, uh, the light I got and it's bright. It's really bright and uh, it works really well and it snaps right into the uh, kerosene light like it belongs there. So I, I did that. that that's kind of fun. Very cool. And people can see that on your Instagram. I think uh, the, uh, the, the kerosene yeah. in both forms with kerosene or without yeah and the kerosene lights it, it, it is sort of gives you sort of a homey glow it sort of smokes as you're going down the down the the road or like there's a there's a cemetery near me and it's kind of this wonderful <laughs> smoky thing and you can smell the kerosene and and uh it's kind of neat and there's deer and you know all that uh but uh yeah but as far as being practical uh i mean if you're absolutely desperate you could use it i don't know how people like in the 1890s <laughs> did that i guess you know they didn't they just didn't worry about it too much 
Right, right. I mean, like the entire atmosphere around everyone in 1890 was pretty, pretty bad. Well, there were no goddamn Dodge Ram pickup trucks back then. That is also true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Man, modern truck design is, uh, I, it's been spoken. I want to say it was Streets Blog that did uh, an article about uh, just the design of trucks these days and comparing trucks from back in the day. It's super cute. Like, you know, the old, like, uh, Toyota long bed. That's my dream truck someday. Either that or yeah. a Datsun. Uh, just the smallest little yeah. thing with a bed that you can throw your bike in and take it wherever you want to go. And now you've got this thing that's like it's the size of a house. And literally, like if you walk up to the grill, uh, it comes up to your shoulders, depending on how, how tall you are, you know. And uh, um, yeah, it's, it's just uh, there are there are vehicles that size that we use for practical purposes like cargo or transporting children or whatever. But those are designed, you know, with visibility in mind. And that's not the thing that happens with uh, modern truck design. Yeah, so that's my rant. I'll put the drums out of this and, uh, you know, stop it. We should maybe maybe we should ask Todd if he has anything he wants to rant about. So we could be. <laughs> yeah, Todd, you want to rant, please. Please rant with us. Uh, what, what really gets uh, your goat? Yeah. Oh, let me stay here. Hold on a sec. <laughs> I'll show you what I'm wearing. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know, this, if you can see that. <laughs> I can, uh, yeah. Oh, my. Oh, <laughs> there we go. We should, we should try to do a visual description. <laughs> yeah, that there's that. this artist. That is. Uh... Well, there's, no, there's, there's an artist. Okay, this guy's got a great name. There's an artist on Instagram. <clears throat> His name is. It is a funny name. His name is Mitch O'Connell, uh-huh. and Mitch O'Connell. Um, I don't like his art. Created. It, it sounds like Mitch McConnell, but it's oh, Mitch oh wait, O'Connell. wait, we're talking about somebody else. Oh yeah, Mitch okay. O'Connell, not Mitch. Okay, McConnell. all right, never mind. Mitch, I, I don't like the other guy's Mitch, art. Oh yeah, Mitch O'Connell um, came out with a, a series of really interesting uh, uh, political T-shirts, which I'm wearing now. Yeah. Uh, so if you go on if you go on Instagram, look for Mitch O'Connell. Um, he just has a insane variety of really good artwork um very nice stuff and uh yeah so if i'm i don't want to rant too much because um that wouldn't be nice but, but uh that's that's your your t-shirt Appreciate is your from, consideration is, is i'm seeing i'm i'm looking on instagram now that's that's uh that's this artist's design it's sort of a champion ah. skull yeah yeah he's thing. i forget where he's out of um yeah, he's an interesting character. That maybe um, Joan, you can shoot me a link to what you're looking yeah, at, so I can make sure uh, people that are curious right? can look at it as well. Yeah, very good. All right, yeah. and that's it's all the rant you need. It's a visual rant. rant. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I could, I could rant about the you know the lack of healthy food where I live, but yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, I am curious. Mm-hmm. Maybe before we uh, pivot to the next piece of the show. Uh, Todd, you've been with us for a couple of years. Do you remember when you found the show? Yes. Um, so I found the show in 2016. Ah. And it was quite the year. Interest. Yeah. So my daughter moved out to Portland in March of 2016. And just as sort of a way to kind of kind of have a, a finger on where she is. And because if your kid moves away, you'll know because that like some day your 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 sons no. will move away That's in true. this case my daughter moves all the way across the country yeah it, it's, it's a little bit heartbreaking you know they move three thousand miles away you know the, the kids are like your kids are like your heart walking outside of your body yeah and, and they uh, don't call you know, they never call and they, oh, they won't call 
Uh, what? Oh, no, yeah, Todd, this is terrible news. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, they, you know, they, they move away and they start their own life. And then, you know, you're, you know, and they have friends and, and uh, they start their own thing. So, so with me, um, you know, my daughter's moving to Portland and I kind of wanted to get a, a sense of what Portland was about besides Portlandia. Uh, so I started listening to the KBU radio and then there was a, a, a Portland bike podcast, uh, Lillian Car- yeah. Carbeck. I yep. think she was on that. The bike and that's podcast how I think I heard- back when it, yeah. It yeah, going. yeah. I think that's gone away. But that's, I believe that's how I heard about you guys. So I heard about the Sprocket podcast. And oddly, my daughter went to work at the same place where uh, Aaron was working. That's right. Yeah. And they were caregivers. Yeah. The so same I mentioned. Spot. The- yeah, so I mentioned to my daughter, I'm listening to this podcast. I think the, this guy works where you work, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I know, you know, I know him." And and so it was like this weird, like coincidence that, you know, um, one of you guys have to, you know, know my daughter a little bit. But um, so that's how that happened. And then so just as sort of a, a connection that way, I used to listen to you guys all the time on my commute at O Dark Thirty, going down into the city. <clears throat> and coming out at night, you know, I, I caught up with a lot of your shows. And by the way, my favorite show was when you walked to work. This was oh, a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Walked, 2013, like, smoking uh, those stage cigarettes. Yeah. So yeah, that was a that was a, a it was one of my commuting episodes. Listen to that one. So so that's how I think you guys have kind of become one of my favorite podcasts because my, you know just the connection. Well, yeah, just the thank you. My, you know, I, my kid yeah so okay um, so it wasn't us but it was the connection yeah i, I can understand that <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah so that's that's how that happened and it was just you know pure funny thing that i discovered you guys and, and there you are we're so, glad to have you along thank you for uh thanks for sticking with it for so long it's not uh you know it's not everybody's bag and so i'm glad that i, I think the people who understand what we're doing and are into the things that we're into, uh, end up, uh, finding us at some point or another. And, and it's really nice to, to be together, even though we're far apart. So I'm, I'm glad that you're here with it. Yeah. Doug said, and this is true. You guys are like a weird version of fresh air, you know, uh, NPR. I mean, it's, it's like this other thing. Uh, it could be about anything. So it's, and it's done well. You know, you Tell us really more about how great the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm I'm real grateful. And to you're have. inclusive. That's the other good thing. You're very... <laughs> Go on. Well, no, this, this, but the thing is, it's it's sort of you no, know, it's sort of this inclusive thing. You know, <laughs> you know, a lot of times you get people that their podcasts and just you know they kind of it's all it's just about them all the time and and there's a lot. It turns into a lot of repetition. You know, it's like you listen to it, it's like oh god, okay, you're going to talk about the same thing. I've heard about. this story before. Yeah. Yeah, and just like oh god, and then you don't listen anymore. Well, and now, so, now Todd, it's all about you, which is great, right? This is. Are you going to listen to your own episode? Uh, probably. You'll be. Not. I mean, it okay. is funny. Yeah. It, it's a moment where you look at it and you're like, and you make a decision, and you make a decision, and some people lean in, and some people, you know, back away in horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, I, I appreciate uh, everything that you've brought to us, Todd, and I, I look forward to uh, staying connected. Uh, certainly your Instagram. Do you want to share your Instagram handle so people can find your cool stuff? Oh, I, you know what? I think I can find it because I just uh, started following you pretty recently. So um, it was Armando's suggestion. 
here it is. T T grows back. Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. T grows back. Yeah. And then my website just toddgrowsback.com. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Very good. And the links on your, on the uh, website for you guys. And I just redesigned it. (laughs) Beautiful. Because it was, it was like years out of date. It looked, looked like uh, some kind of uh, late 90s nightmare. Ah, was it a 1.0? Like, uh, it, it was just, it was, it was horrible. 1. I did all 5. the coding. And, it, yeah. it, was, it, was, uh, uh, it wasn't old enough so, to be vintage. I, <laughs> well, it was pretty goddamn old. I mean, it was, I did all the coding myself, <laughs> thinking, oh, look at me, I'm doing, you know, the coding. Right. And then, you know, right. it's just it's terrible. <laughs> uh, do you have time to hang out with us for our mail and news? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Let me, let me, let me grab another water. Oh yeah, here we go. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, very good. Well, in that case, uh, Joan, why don't we start with our non-calendar? Our non-calendar. Yes. Well, I've got some, uh, continuing exciting news, but also some sad news to share. What's that? The, um, well, we're pausing the calendar. That's not even the sad news, but we're pausing the calendar until things are a bit safer. Oh, Um, right. Um, uh, I wanted to say that a few weeks ago, I put on some lights on my bike, as I asked other folks to do, and I rode it a few times, and they have already stopped working, <laughs> uh, which I expected yep. to happen. But um, but still, um, with the pandemic and lack of social outings, winter is a little bit bleak this year, so um, we are asking listeners to decorate your bikes with any extra lights. They can be... Um, you know, proper lights according to your local jurisdictions. We don't want folks violating any of your local <coughs> laws or ordinances or anything. We did not tell you to go break the law. That would yeah, be wrong. Don't break the law. We are definitely not encouraging any of any of those sorts of shenanigans. But if you want to get figure out some side visibility or put on some holiday lights or New Year's lights or solstice lights, whatever you want to do, um, yeah. if you take a picture of your bike and... Um, I put a can I put a kerosene lantern on my wheels and make that go around and around? Is it legal where you are? <laughs> oh, I know. I catch on fire. We would encourage you to do whatever is safe and legal. And then absolutely. And we would ask you to then uh, share it with us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and use the hashtag Sprocket Winter Bike. That's right. Hashtag Sprocket Winter Bike. And one thing we've learned this year is that uh, there's a big difference between laws and norms. Uh, so we're not telling you to go out and break any laws, but maybe you should go out and break some norms if you know that's okay. I would. And, go ahead, Brock. And and, and <laughs> I'm just thinking that if there's something you want to do that's really nuts and you couldn't possibly ride your bike that way, but you still want to decorate it, you know, like put it up in the air and then put like a thousand lights on it and you would never ride that way, but maybe it looks super cool and that could be seen by using the hashtag Sprocket Winter Bike. Looking super cool is a fine goal. Looking yeah, that's super what this cool is all about. Riding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would never encourage folks to to break laws, but breaking norms is totally encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's see those norms shatter. Boom. <laughs> uh, another norm that's shattering is events in person. Like you said, there's, there's really nothing much that we can send people out to right now. But uh, the Gladys Bikes live stream basic maintenance course featuring Cassandra, Sydney, and Mateo. Um, and they're going to cover all kinds of stuff that you might need to know and stuff that, you know, maybe even they don't need you to come into their shop for, but they, they want you to take care of your bike. So when the big stuff happens, they don't also have to clean your chain, fix your flat, lubricate the chain, 
make minor break adjustments or, uh, you know, put on a preferred winter wardrobe. So, yeah, you can email Cassie at GladysBikes.com with the subject of basic maintenance and uh, suggest topics for uh, the various small fix things that uh, you'd like to know more about. Um, you know, I haven't checked the website, but I think they might have posted info by now. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was happening soon-ish. Okay, all so, right. So maybe this already happened, and you can write to Gladys Bikes and say, hey, let's do another. I just want to say that, uh, you know, in my life, I have been lucky to visit some extraordinary bike shops, and Gladys is truly one of the best of the best. Top-notch. Good folks. Great place. Very welcoming. All right. Hey, uh, we got some headlines. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. It circles around the city lights. Pedal just as fast as you can into the morning light. Pedal just as fast as you can into the uh, <laughs> we didn't talk about who wants to read these. Should I? Uh, you want me to start? No, with this I was I was waiting for music. Of course. Is there music? <laughs> Is there music? It's an eternal question. For us uh, in our recording configuration right now, it's hypothetical. But yes, there is music yeah. in my yeah. head. I'm going to let you read this first one because you were all jazzed about this one. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so th- this is something that could have been a costly mistake. So legal wonks, please get ready. This is from BikePortland.org, and uh, shocking news. They say shocking comes with a major update to the manual on uniform traffic control devices or the MUTCD. I'm sure we're all familiar with that one, Todd. Um, published by the Federal Highway Transportation Administration. Uh, no, excuse me, the Federal Highway Administration uh, and posted the Federal Register, which is where they put all the things that the uh, laws are going to change. They're like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Buried among hundreds of pages of text is a small change that would have vast ramifications. Uh, the MUTCD, which uh, defines the standards used by road managers nationwide to install and maintain. Sometimes I hate machines. Hang on. Oh, let me follow along and help you. <laughs> <laughs> to install uh. and maintain. Todd, don't you love seeing how this is made? Awesome. It's graceful. <laughs> smooth i can't even install find where you are and maintain traffic control devices on public streets highways bikeways and private roads open to public travel it includes the passage the absence of a marked bicycle lane or any of the other traffic control devices discussed in this chapter on a particular roadway shall not be construed to mean that bicyclists are not permitted to travel on the roadway now the critical change that wasn't really picked up until right before the the line right down to the wire it was that um the absence of such a thing uh, could mean that bicyclists are not permitted to travel on that roadway. Now, what that means is that if this had gone through, there would be uh, legal standing to say that if there's no bike lane on the road, you can't be there on a bicycle. Uh, and those of us who ride bicycles on roadways without bicycle lanes know that right now it's permitted and it would be ridiculous to assume that it's not. But you know, when someone wants to throw the book at you, they find that kind of stuff in the book. And so, The FHWA issued a correction late Thursday afternoon saying that the change was inadvertent and that, uh, quote, it is not FHWA's intent to prohibit bicycle traffic from streets that do not have traffic control devices specific to bicycles. Um, That's good. I'm glad they said that. But can you imagine all of the ridiculous things that could happen? It's a big country. 
and not everybody is as into bicycles as we are. And so you can imagine traffic engineers or legal people or prosecutors or whatever saying, hey, uh, there's no bike lane there. So this person is clearly in violation of the law. Can you imagine? Brock, I got to stop you here for a second. When you say that people aren't all as into bicycles as we are. Hard to believe. I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it's pretty upsetting news. Uh, you could almost say that we're a country that sees things in at least two different ways very strongly. <laughs> well, yeah. that was uh, that would have been that would have been bad. Uh, so thanks yeah. to the people who read things like that and pay attention to those sorts of things. For and sure. I'm freaked out about it. And again, it could have been nothing. It could have been like, oh, hey, we missed that. We need to change it. But it could have been, uh, as some people would call it, fuckery. <laughs> okay, well, I'm uh, pretty excited about this next news item. New world record for world's longest bicycle. But, but is it real? Is it real? We don't is know. Is it real? World's <laughs> I, longest bicycle. It was really hard to find anything about this. Oh, I'll, uh, I'm going to, I'll dive into this. This will be a, a, a terrible use of my time, but I'll do it anyway. Um, a f- family affair, the world's longest bicycle traveled over 100 meters on the Painesville foreshore on Thursday, 11th June. I'm sensing that this might be an item from a British colony. Australia. Or, excuse me. Yes, from Australia. For, okay. Per- Bernie Ryan designed and built it. His wife, Ruth, guided it, and his son, Trent, did the hard yards and peddled it into the history books with over 300 locals witnessing the feat. The event awaits confirmation from the, oh, excuse me, conformation, sick, I see from the Guinness Book of Records. You know that I pay close attention to spelling and grammar. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when you're talking about making a record, you should get the details right it would be nice so todd have you seen anything about this no okay uh well it did happen in australia so i wouldn't blame you but um the thing that i realize is that this is an attempt and it looks as though uh they did everything that they needed to as per guinness to to get this record uh both broken and and established as the new record but this news article this is a poor news article because it didn't tell you how long the bicycle was Mm -hmm. um And uh, I I think presumably one must ride such a bicycle for a certain amount of time and a certain amount of distance to prove that it is, in fact, functional. Uh, So the best that we have is linked text from other articles, other websites about uh, the previous record that they broke. And so uh, it was at least 117 feet and five inches long, uh, the last one. So the new one has to be longer than that. And it's built out of the, um, you know, when you go to a concert and they fly the speakers up on those uh, uh, those big, uh, there's like four poles with a bunch of other little poles holding it all together. Um, like stage work. Uh, that's kind of what this scaffolding made of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's video and the best thing about the, the video, just the front image of it is there are several people in, in like lab coats. <laughs> looking. They're so scientists. They have to make yeah, sure it's accurate. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I love so it. That's some big news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there was another what? There was another one. Uh, that was a Netherlands attempt in 2015. And the previous record was South, South Australia at 135 feet. Wait, what was that? No. So, uh, yeah, Netherlands in 2015 was 117 feet, five inches. And oh. then another one was 135 okay. feet and 10.7 inches in Australia uh, earlier this year but you know 
we've still got some time in this pandemic. If That's people true. need something to do. And you happen to work for a concert production company? <laughs> got a bunch of scaffolding sitting around? I mean, you've already- What else are time. they doing with all of those materials right now? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, it, there shouldn't be people flocking to concerts, right? So, so why That's not right. build, uh, what, a uh, checks notes, 140-foot bicycle or something along those lines? Uh, we shall see. And uh, tag this, it with Sprocket Winter Bike. That's right. Cover it with floodlights. <laughs> so, um, new good news. Uh, the Community Cycling Center announces their new executive director, Momoko Saunders. This is really exciting because Momoko was on the show uh, way back, way back in the day now. Um, episode 189, uh, when Momoko was with Bike Farm. Um, but uh, she also, uh, since then had been working as the general manager for bike town, which is great. Uh, I didn't realize that I, I hadn't heard the news, um, but I can't think it just go back and listen to it. We're going to put the link in the episode show notes. Uh, go back and listen to our episode with Momoko because she has the biggest heart and the uh, just the, the best head uh, of anybody, I think in bicycling in town. Uh, and there's a lot of people with good hearts and, and good head. Wait, She's fantastic. Not big yeah. heads, good heads and big good, hearts. Good, uh, appropriate sized heads. That's right. Big yes. Hearts. We're saying good things about Momoko Saunders. And uh, <laughs> we're really excited to see her uh, move into that position with uh, Community <laughs> Cycling Center, which, you know, uh, nonprofits are hard to run. And uh, executive directors, you know, there's always someone coming and going. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> I'm really glad to see Momoko there and uh, wish her well for her time and excited to see kind of what she brings to it. I want to um, share, I'm, I'm, I'm going off script here. Uh, the big chatter that I've seen over the past few days are folks talking about um, Mayor Pete, Pete, how do you say Pete's last name? Uh, Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Buttigieg being nominated as transportation secretary. And right. um, I will, I will round up a link. He uh, made some statements yesterday um, that, that had them, um, some folks who are interested in transportation issues, it, 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 it had our hearts <coughs> fluttering a little bit because he was talking about things like um, freeways being built through historically black neighborhoods. And he was talking about things like um, how we needed to invest in other kinds of infrastructure besides just car infrastructure. And it was very exciting. And I think it was a very strange experience for a lot of folks to see this news and to be wondering uh, if, uh, if, if Mayor Pete <laughs> might, be, might be doing some good things for, you know, Amtrak and all sorts of things going on. So that's yeah. some of the big news, too. Will Mayor Pete become Mayor Street? Oh, maybe workshop that one a little bit. <laughs> okay, <far>. all right. <laughs> uh, well, hey, uh, I may not have the best hand at coming up with catchy catchphrases, right? But one thing I do know that I definitely have is mail. We got mail. Hey, we got mail. This is from Jay Lecco. Yes, um, furniture maker. Yes, yes. As the temperatures decrease and the probability for frozen precipitation increases, a question comes to mind. How do you prevent the studs in Schwabi? That's how you say that, right? Schwabi, uh, I, I think. Oh, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Schwalbe winter tires from scratching the Brompton frame when the rear wheel is folded. I don't know about your Brompton, but on mine, 
the rear tire is firmly pressed against the bottom bracket and makes occasional contact with the top tube when it's folded. It seems like this would give the studs ample opportunity to scratch these parts. Thanks for your consideration. So this yeah. is a request for some help, advice, tips. I have no answer for this. Right. Well, and Todd, we just talked about your experience with Brompton. So yeah. do you have experience with studded tires on Brompton's? No, I just wouldn't use a studded tire. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I, I've ridden in, the, in really crappy weather in the Brompton. Yeah. Half the fun is riding in really crappy weather on a Brompton because, <laughs> you know, I mean, have fun with it. I, 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 in, I've ridden it in snow and, and never felt the need for studs. As I, I just wouldn't use them, you know, because okay. it's a tiny little bike and you're, you're not going to fall far unless you're, you know, doing something really insane. But yeah. 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 But they do get in, in winter weather, they do get really mucky. And <laughs> right. so I, I've, I've done it, but uh, yeah, they, they, those bikes get pretty dirty. Uh, what you might call the business end of the bicycle is usually the part that we don't really mess with. Right. Uh, it's the, it's, <laughs> it's the part that pees on the carpet. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, you know, they get the fenders and all that. If you have fenders and you're in good shape. And the oh, Brompton yeah. has that distinctive trifold, and so it's it's got like all the pieces and parts are all up there next to each other. So it's, yeah, it's no it, it fun kinda... to, to mess with when it's messy. No, yeah, um, yeah. I, I I can't imagine. Well, I mean, I guess yes, that might be a good thing though. I, I shouldn't say it. I wouldn't use them, but I've never had the occasion. And I've yeah. ridden in snow, and I've, I've never really had a in, in packs, and I've never really had a, bi a big issue with with slipping and sliding too much. Yeah. Uh, Bromptons have rim brakes, as I recall. And so, yeah, um, that's good the, brakes. the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, zip tie trick, uh, that some people have used for traction on bicycle wheels. That's a thing you can do, but you need brakes that won't interfere with the zip ties. Uh, right. and so yeah. that wouldn't necessarily be the thing for it. Um, I, I've never used studded tires either. Joan, do you have any experience with studded tires? No, I mean, I, uh, Boy, I'll I'll ride my bike when it's snowy out, but if it is damp and below thirty two, mm -hmm. I am that's I just feel I know I mean I've I've said this before, I know and Aaron's had this experience. I know too many people with broken collarbones. I just right. don't mess with ice. Yeah. Snow yeah. is fine, but Ice is just too, uh, even, I mean, I, you know, I, you know, when you're riding your bike somewhere and you see people walking, you see people wiped out, it's just, uh, um, that's a, that's a good day for me to hop on the bus. Yeah. Uh, I guess we, maybe we'll, uh, uh, we'll put this in a holding pattern for uh, the next show around and see if other hosts have any, any feedback on the issue. Yeah. Um, we, we should maybe do another, another episode on winter biking. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it, looking at there's a, a frowny emoticon uh, at the end and not an emoji, it's an emoticon, you know, made of punctuation and uh, scratching these parts is the thing I think that that bums Jay Lecco out the most. And so I'm curious, I, I, I'm assuming he doesn't like the idea of scratches and scrapes. I I'm the guy that's of the mind. So this won't be of any help to Jay Lecco, but uh, I'm of the mind that when you get something new and shiny, you should just take your keys out and like ruin it right away. And then you don't have to worry mm -hmm. about that yeah. first Nick. Um, yes. So maybe yeah. that's the solution. If you don't, if you don't want to like that to be a big deal, you should uh, deface another part of the bicycle and see if that helps. Uh, I don't know. If that's what you the may have for. to invite a friend to do it for you while you close your eyes and sob. <laughs> it's like, no, that you know, what first you do. Tattoo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get anything new. I mean, it's, it's like, you ever read the story about the velveteen rabbit? Yes. You know, it's well loved and it's, but it's all 
kind of worn out and beat up, but it's, it's a truly loved thing. Uh, you know, the bike is like that. I mean, all my bikes are, are you know, they, they, they show signs of wear and it's kind of like a badge of honor. So the fact that it's, it's been used and a shiny, pretty bike to me is not too exciting <laughs> because it doesn't look like it's ever done anything. Yeah. And I, I think no. the other thing that maybe we could consider is that there could be some protective, like maybe um, some nice tape that wouldn't leave uh, a terrible residue. Like there might be a way to protect that part of it. Um, oh, yeah. 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 You could definitely do that. Like, you know, um, do that, I suppose. Well, maybe um, if there are some other folks who have had experience with winter tires and their Bromptons, they can right. let us know. Yeah. Uh, that'd be uh, the Sprocket Podcast at gmail.com or at Sprocket Podcast on all of the platforms, but not Parlor. <laughs> or TikTok. I don't think we've. <laughs> I guess we're not on TikTok, TikTok either, are we? <laughs> yeah. We should we get one just so people can. I don't know. Is it a communication yeah. tool? I, I mean, think. Is, um, I think we're all going to have to work on our dance moves a little bit, but, right. you know, I'm up for it. Dance your questions it. to uh, Sprocket <laughs> Podcast on TikTok. Um. Another one from uh, Misha in New Brunswick. Uh, there's uh, the, the rant that Aaron did. We're talking about rants uh, and and how how great rants are. And Aaron had that great rant about just COVID in general. Uh, I like that one. Yeah, absolutely. I want more of that from Aaron on the podcast. Um, but uh, there was this thing that happened in uh, in Canada uh, where someone said, "Stay the blazes home." And uh, there's a catchy video uh, where people are putting it to music, and it became a big thing. Um, I'm trying to think of a good like American equivalent where like, you know, some uh, I don't know. I don't think we have uh, I don't think we have uh, politicians that are frank in a charming way necessarily uh, in this country. But it, it was someone saying you know, a public servant saying stay the blazes home. COVID is a big thing. And so, um, yeah, that's a we, good message. Uh, we also heard from Ryan C um, about the show that uh, that we had with Becky Joe um, in which we had a discussion of the word pannier Pannier. is Um, that how you say it yes yes and the reason why we know that the reason why we know that is because of this video ryan c said love the show i was listening to episode 542 and knew there was a good video online by a local guy about the pronunciation of pannier i found it and it gets pretty geeky about the evolution of the english language here it is we will link to it's from pathless pedaled and this was fantastic because it's somebody who is a uh, who who works for, gosh, is it Merriam-Webster, who is a dictionary, yeah. I can't remember what his position, this is Smart something Smart dictionary I guy. Yeah, who is a former bike racer. Yeah. And he has this extensive explanation for why we should not be pronouncing this word as if it is in French, because that's not the word that they, anyway, it has to do with the history <laughs> of English. It was all very interesting. And so basically, <laughs> pannier or pannier. Pannier or pannier, but not pannier. Are, are the no, Brock. Okay, that's not the. That is a word in French that means I think basket, right? I sit correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, we um and we we it's a it's a fantastic video. So we we chattered about it a little bit on 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 Twitter. But thanks to Ryan C for reminding us we needed to update our our listeners with this important information about your panniers or your pannier. Or who cares? <laughs> like, oh, shut up, you dick. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't care. 
which I think that was maybe I'm not going to speak for Russ, uh, but I, I feel like there could have been some of that subtext, mostly just because he was getting that from uh, maybe people with the other opinion. And so, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he yeah, was I, getting I, a lot of crap. The poor guy was getting a lot of crap from people. It was, it, it, it's really stupid. Right. You know, it's like picking lint out of your navel, you know, just, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah, we got I'll... Todd Durant. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> that, that was that was it. Yeah. It's just. I mean, it's just it's just dumb shit. Absolutely, and truer words there could They're never be saying. spoken. That's right. We're all we're all getting the drums for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's the rantiest episode ever. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, and just uh, while we're talking about Pathless Pedal, uh, there's been some news there. We won't get into it here, but if you're curious about kind of what's going on, Russ and Laura have been friends of the show for a long time. Uh, they were uh, they were on episode number eight way back, way Ooh, back. They were our first guests that we ago. didn't know personally, um, and they've come on the show multiple times to talk about stuff. And so uh, all of our love to Russ and Laura. And uh, yeah, if you want to go check out kind of what's new and, and uh, give them some, some support and some love, uh, go for it. And you know where they are, pathlesspedal.com. Good folks. We love them. Take care. I um, I want to take a moment to uh, say an extra note of thanks to our Patreon sponsors because I haven't set it up yet, but I have some great new audio uh, equipment that um, I'm, I'll uh, be using to hopefully improve the sound. And the most exciting part, you know what the most exciting part of it is, Brock? That you got two of the same thing? I did get two of the same thing. And this thing I feel really sad about for this woman, Carol, in New York somewhere who didn't get her equipment or wherever she is. It says, there's a tag on it that says hot. hot. <laughs> and it was, it went, no, no, no. The most exciting thing about this audio equipment is that after I get it, my voice, Brock, is going to sound just like yours. Oh, Oh, I'll have to apologize for that. But... No, I, I'm going to have one of those nice radio voices just like you. <laughs> yeah, We're not no, going to be able to host together. because Now that we've expanded this Rocket Podcast staff into uh, five of us, now uh, there, there should be a, a good microphone for everyone. We, we hope to have uh, rich, dulcet tones. Yes, yes. Yeah, so thank you, listeners. And but Todd, you are one. Uh, thank you so much for your continued support of the show. It's always encouraging when someone who likes a thing supports it. And so we are grateful for your continued support. Yeah, and all joking aside, I am very, very grateful. That's fun. Okay, well, <laughs> so. Right. Th- this is the end uh, of all things. And so uh, this is where we read the, note, the, the names of all of our supporters, uh, Todd's and everyone else's. Uh, Todd, do you, have, uh, do you have any shenanigans that we should get into uh, as we roll these end credits? Oh, please, God, no. Just read. <laughs> <laughs> it's like making stuff. You want us to do it straight is just what you're saying. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Like yeah, no weird accents. Yeah, no. Just uh, no. <laughs> Just read the names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get us going then. <laughs> read, I'll tell you what. No, do this. Read them backwards. <laughs> As in uh, the last ones first, or whatever. No, no, no. Just read. no, no. Let's, like, let's do uh, it. We're, like we're going to start at the bottom and go. And... Yeah, let's start at the bottom and go to the top. <laughs> well. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you want to do this? You want to read them backwards? For a yeah, little? absolutely. Okay, okay. And wear your mask. <laughs> now, wash your hands. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Yeah, you wash your hands too. Welcome back to our newest and returning donor, Jimmy Diesel. Byron Patterson. 
Kristen Graham, Aaron G, Rachel Moline. Isaac M, David Christensen, 503. Greg Murphy, Myra Martinez, Oso. Adam D, Go Dig a Hole, Beth Hammond. Mr. T, who never really left. Bike Initiative, Kiwana, Sarah G. Philip M, Spartandale, no relation. Marshall, Paula at Funitake Cycle Craft. Ryan Morrow, Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks, Kaka. Sean Baird, Simon Pace, Gregory Braithwaite. Great episode last week. Todd Grosbeck, great episode this week. And Chris Barron, Chris Barron, and Chris Chris Barron. Barron. Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Uh, Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skadow, Keith Hutchison. It's tough, isn't it? Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran. We're in Michigan, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, uh, Nathan Poulton. Guthrie Straw, Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regranary. Anna, he's home soon. Uh, Andre he's- Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder. J.P. Culey, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe. Todd Parker, Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson. Glenn, uh, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss. Cameron Lean, Richard Wazenski, Tim Mooney. Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson. And thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. So many thanks. Thanks to Marcus Norman for graphic design. He designed our logo. Bird for our headline sounder. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for the rest of our theme music. Twitter and Instagram at the Sprocket Podcast. And hashtag Sprocket Winter Bike. Call or text if uh, none of that works to 503-847-9774. Email to the Sprocket Podcast at gmail.com. Truly the last resort. And our website, if anybody uses websites, it's the SprocketPodcast.com. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at home until public health is no longer at risk. End scene. (laughs) That was good. We've never done that before. That was absolutely brand new. Boy, (laughs) thanks, Todd. That was was kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Now do it again. (laughs) Goodness. (laughs) Now wash your hands. No, wait. Is Wash it, your uh, mask and wear your hands. That's right. Brush your teeth. <laughs> Brush your Go teeth. to bed. It's time. <laughs> <laughs>